Bring out Elizabeth Selwyn. The tortured souls cried out in agony as the flames mounted higher and higher. Burn, witch, burn, witch, burn, burn, burn. Those I've said of these stones today, the actual practice of witchcraft in the 17th century. I feel it deep in my plums. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, we were talking about um, physical media as opposed to, you know, just getting digital copies of stuff. And I have a friend of mine who has gone completely digital. Um, well, I have a, quite a few friends, actually, that have done that. And, and then I have, you know, those that have gone the other the the other route which you know they still find value in owning you know physical copies of whatever stuff that they're into Mm, i'm a digital boy so i know i know you are so this is how you and i split as well and uh so the most recent i think uh addition that i have is this shout factory um, Friday the 13th collection. Yeah. So this is the deluxe edition. And I know I talked about it before. But this thing comes with a booklet. It's a 55-page booklet or whatever. So it's got a, a booklet by um, Michael Gingold, who wrote the, uh, you know, the uh, I guess the liner notes on this mm-hmm. thing. Uh, Michael Gingold, in case people don't know, um, he's actually an acquaintance of mine. I'm not dropping names, but I'm just saying I just know him through friends, and he was involved um, in this project in terms of uh, uh, he used to write for Fangoria magazine back in the day um, for years actually, and he now writes for Rue Morgue magazine. Uh, the guy knows horror; he knows cinema. Nice. And uh, so he put this booklet together for this project, and it's it, it's really well done. I mean, it's got the entire Friday the 13th series, um, parts you know, one through Freddy versus Jason, which is, I guess, 11 movies. And then there's Friday the 13th, the remake that they had back um, maybe whatever that was, seven, eight years ago. Um, and then a... Um, a single disc with well a couple of discs with just um extras on it this whole thing is massive it was like 150 bucks and i mean i can't say enough great things if you're if you're a fan of the series i mean it's you know obviously it's inconsistent throughout um you know but uh, the one thing in common that you that you have is just the fun of watching you know the the set piece kills yeah but uh this is a box set it came with um this this big tube with with new artwork so it had these one sheet posters in addition to the other stuff that's on here but yeah man i i recommend it Uh, i think it's going for a hundred bucks now uh, if you just get the set it's like 110 bucks um but it's pretty pretty damn cool very cool so there's 12 films on 16 discs yeah Yeah. it's a deluxe box set it's pretty badass very cool anyway so yeah i just uh i don't know for me i just i don't like stuff like if i could get away with not having any stuff at all it would be great you know (laughs) (laughs) it's just i don't know especially um like when it's 
movies and music and stuff, like if it's on a disc or whatever. Like, I know you collect vinyl and whatnot, but I, yeah. um, I'm always afraid it's going to scratch. I'm a, you know what I mean? And I'm like, when I want to listen to music, mm-hmm. like, I just pop in, you know, or pop in. I just click, you know, do a couple of clicks, and all of a sudden I'm just listening to my favorite stuff, you know? And yeah. uh, I, I'm just uh, I'm more about the convenience. And... Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just, even books and stuff, everything got, I now prefer digital. It's just, it's less to carry around, less to have with you, less shelf space. You know, it, it, I, I'm a very <clears throat> practical person in that regard. Yeah. But, but I, I well, mean, I, mean I defi- it's a matter I, of space saving. I agree yeah, with I it. Yeah, I can definitely appreciate. Like, I, like, it's not like I'm. You know, saying, God, you're ridiculous or something for having that stuff. I, I could definitely appreciate it. You know, it's always nice no. to have, like, all these glossy stuff, you know. Uh, books, you know, always smell nice, you know. If, you know, even newer books where it's, like, all glossy and, and whatever, it, it they, they always smell really yeah. nice, you know. And, and, and it's always, you know, feels good in the hand and stuff. So I could definitely appreciate it. It's just for me personally... I'll be like, uh, like, let's just keep everything on a computer, and you know, especially on the cloud. Yep. When they came out the cloud, I'm like, this is just the greatest thing ever. To, to just keep everything <laughs> digital, you could access it from any device you want. You know, it's just right. When they came out with it, I was like, oh my god, I didn't even know this was possible. This is wonderful. You know, right, right. But, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's something to be said for both. I listen to music digitally, and I read books digitally, and I also buy the ones that I like. I mean, there's so much stuff out there. There's so much media that you can have access to. Um, You can't buy it all. There's not enough space or money or time. To, you know, to deal with all the things that you want to get. Um, but there are certain things that I want to get <clears throat> that, um, like this Friday the 13th collection, I saw that, or like other movies that I really like and wanted to have, um, you know, the Tomb of the Blind Dead series came in a coffin-shaped box set, and it was, you know, the four movies and a booklet, and, you know, or the the Phantasm uh, movie set that came with the the ball with the blades on it and stuff like that, you know? So, you know, or even the Universal Monsters. Some of them I got lucky enough where I was writing r- movie reviews for, um, for Flick Direct, and they were, you know, they get these copies that come in, and I review them, and then I get to keep the copies. Oh, nice. Some of them are really cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that's also fun to have access to, you know, but... I think, um, you know, it, there, you don't have to draw, draw a line in the sand. I, I buy records that come with digital downloads, and then, you know, I'll put, I'll put it on my phone and, and be able to listen to it in the car. Or, you know, sometimes I'm not, you know, I'm not in the mood to get up and go put music on, but I could, I could Bluetooth it to, the, you know, the same receiver that I play my records, you know, from the turntable that's connected to it. So, you know what I mean? It's it just it gives you an opportunity and a flexibility um, 
you know, there's there's multiple ways to access, you know, these things now. You can you can do it digitally, but I don't know. I think some things beg a physical copy just to just to have access to it, you know, and hold on to it. Um, I always feel like if it's a digital copy, I don't really own it. You know what I mean? And a friend of mine pointed out, he's like, you don't really own anything. He's like, you know, you, you purchase something and it's yours to use. He's like, but you don't really own it. And uh, for certain people, in depending upon their physical location, where a friend of mine, he wants everything digital because he lives in, you know, like Hurricane Alley, let's say, or, mm. you know, he, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to worry about having to evacuate um, his home and then have to worry about, you know, gr- what do I grab first? You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's a real, that's a real problem. Yeah. Um, I... And I understand where he's coming yeah, from. Yeah, I mean, w- with me, it's not like, you know, I mean, I, I, I do live in Florida, so maybe, you know, with the hurricanes and everything, but I mean, I haven't had that experience yet because I've only been here for a couple of years. Yeah. But um, I've, uh, last couple of years, I did move around a couple of times. And if I had all that right. stuff, um, it would have driven me. I mean, I. I it would have been a pain it in the ass. It would have been really, really difficult. Um, I mean, I, I still had stuff in Jersey, but then when my when uh, my brother moved, you know, and, and, and he had my stuff there, he took, like, photos and said to me, he was like, do you want this stuff? I'm like, ah, just do, do you know, <laughs> deal with it any way you can. Throw it out, do whatever. Uh, and it, and it, fortunately, it wasn't too much. It was a couple of books and stuff. Um, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then after a while, it's just like, you know, um, considering that I've moved around, I don't intend to move around anymore, but if it does happen, uh, I don't want to have too much junk around, you know? Yeah, no, I get it, you know? So I just know that um, a lot of the people that I'm friends with that are into the horror scene and they're really passionate about, you know, about this, you know, this lifestyle almost, um, a lot of people that I know are collectors. And so, um, it's a big part of, you know, the genre scene, um, to, you know, pick up, (laughs) pick up, you know, some of the, uh, some of the, you know, Blu-ray or the 4k release or, you know, um, comic book versions of, of a movie or, you know, um, the, the book versions or, you know, they have, like we were talking about in a couple other episodes, different uh, art books, um, art of the B-movie posters or, you know, monsters in the movies, these oversized coffee table books that, they, that they've been putting out um, to kind of cater to, to um, you know, this thought process of collectability. Mm. It's, it's definitely a, a huge piece of, of the, you know, what makes people, you know, passionate, you know, fanatics. Yeah, I, and, if uh, it were up to me, I'd have a I, lot I've of I've been posters. trying to curtail that. I'm sorry? Dude, I had a ton of posters, and I know the last time you were here, I had a bunch hanging on the wall. I put up others yeah. since then. But, um, yeah, I mean, those those one-sheets, I have more posters than I have wall space at this point. <laughs> and there's a couple of others. Like, I, I have a large mirror in my living room, and I'm like, well, you know what? I think I need to take this mirror off the wall and hang up and, you know, frame one of these other posters. I have original Night of the Living Dead poster. It's um, it's a one-sheet, but it's a, it's a landscape-style uh, poster, and it would take up a huge amount of room. Yeah. 
So it's like this part of that stuff is like, you know, at one at one point, you know, do you have too much stuff? At what point does the does the stuff, you know, own you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh <laughs> you get those people who have so much stuff that they have these like almost like uh like a personal museum of just, you know, old posters. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it's yeah. just right. But um, unfortunately, we can't yeah, we can't anyway. all afford that. I like you know? I like the stuff that I like. I'm I'm not gonna lie that if I see something that I that I'm passionate about, I'm going to I'm gonna pick it up. You know, I'm and I make no you know I have no qualms about about you know owning these things because I think it's fun. Yeah, um, absolutely, man. You know, it's to each his own. Yeah. But uh, yeah, anyway, I just wanted to touch on that because it's a big thing, and you know, what, you know, do we save space for the, you know, just for the hell of it, or, you know, I, I think at this point there's there's so many options, you know, uh, of of ownership, you know, owning a digital copy is sometimes is uh is preferable because then I don't need to worry about taking up space. Like my buddy just, um, I got an iP an iPad Air, and my buddy sent me a digital copy of Mallrats, the 25th anniversary edition. I just watched it the other day again. Wow, 25! And I just love that oh movie. It's God. so much fun. But I, right, yeah. I couldn't believe it's been 25 Jeez. years. But uh, it's 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 fun to have, you know. And uh, I'm saying to myself, all right, well, it's you know. I own the movie already. How many times, how many different versions of this movie do I need to own? And so sometimes it's like, oh, well, it's, you know, someone gives you something. Hey, that's great. And like I said, it's a digital version. So you could just watch it anytime you want. Just, you know, click on the app on your iPad. Uh, you could even cast it to your TV if you wanted you know, to check it out on a bigger screen. But, you know, the op the options are available to you. Um, yeah. And like you said, you know, it's easy to suggest. I can just click and and do what I want to do with it. I don't have to worry about getting up and dropping a needle or you know putting a you know a disc you know going to the to, to the room and picking out the specific disc and then blah blah blah. You know, there's uh, there's an ease of of access too that with you know with digital media that you don't have with physical. But there's also I don't know. There's there's also a ritualistic vibe that I get when I take out a record, and you know, figure out what I want to listen to. You know, you go that route, and then you put put the record down. You're you're holding, you know, this physical media. In some cases, the artwork of the album, you don't have a little thumbnail. You have this, you know, a large, you know, 12 inch by 12 inch, you know, or even posters that they come with. And I just like having something that i'm looking at you know and then you're listening to it i don't really the music that i listen to isn't you know meant to be consumed in one little bit you know what i mean where you yeah, sit down yeah. and you're just listening to a single right. i want to listen to a an, an album side or an entire exactly. record and exactly. you know that that yeah, yeah that thought process is also inherent in the consumability i think you know what i mean it's like you know well it's easy to just you know i'm going to get the single or and and you know purchase this from itunes or you know spotify and just listen to listen to it like man, that man when but i was younger i, don't know, and I, I used to have whatever books or or action figures or whatever it was posters or everything i would sit there and just look at it and scrutinize every little detail man like I remember oh my that God, about me myself. Too. I'd sit there for for sometimes like an hour at a time, just looking at the art, at the yeah. you know, any uh, things. Yeah, I no, I I did the exact same thing. Yeah, I felt like it would like I was immersed into 
whatever it is that I was doing at that moment in time. You know, if I was reading a comic book or if I was reading a novel mm. or if I was, like you just said, like even just looking at album artwork while I was listening to the music, it, it, it became indelible. You right, know what I mean? Right. And it's, um, there were moments where I felt like it, it, it had pulled me into... You know, because I have this overactive imagination. It was especially acute when I was a kid. Right. right. And um, <laughs> yeah, so that was, it, that became part of that process for me in collecting something. Yes. You know, and even, uh, and, it, and I don't know, it just be. Yeah, like for me, even like yeah. uh, if I had like a mad magazine, you know, like I would sit there and <laughs> sometimes the art was fantastic. Like uh, I, I was just, um, Mort Zucker was one of the artists. Um, uh, was it mm -hmm. Zucker or Zuckerman? But anyway, he was he was an excellent. You know, he, he'd do the um, you know the funny uh, Schwarzenegger takes. You know, of, of Predator or whatever the movie yeah. was. And his art, like, yes, it was somewhat cartoony, but at the same time, it was realistic. And the details were so good. Like, it kind of went yeah. between um you know farcical and and realistic so like it, it, it was and the detail the shading the colors everything were just awesome you know for the covers but then the yeah. insides were well they had real uh, illustrators um yeah they had real illustrators on in that magazine i mean these guys were super super talented and they could hug that line between you know what's a caricature and what's re exactly. you know, like legitimate artwork you know what yeah. i mean like this is yeah it was always impressive really really but good anyway Any, yeah today we're not just talking about collectability and stuff like that but we're talking about maybe collections of stuff and we have two movies that um that we checked out um and this is going to be some you know some lycanthrop like lycanthropic mm. <laughs> i mean I, I just completely screwed that up but um yeah we're going to deal with some lycanthropes today uh we have two films that uh i i kind of enjoyed both of these for different reasons um they weren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination um one of them I guess the first one you want to talk about, The Wolf of Snow Hollow? Uh, yeah, we could do that. Sure. Um, All right. So um, yeah. in case people aren't familiar with it, terror grips a small town as bodies are discovered after each full moon. Losing sleep, raising a teenage daughter, caring for his ailing father, Officer Marshall struggles to remind himself there's no such thing as werewolves. Um, this was Robert Forster's last movie. Yeah, yeah. Sadly enough, that Robert Forster had a, a a long career. He was a great actor by all accounts. He was a great guy. And any interview, you you, you always see people on their best behavior, obviously. But um, I he was always in de an endearing character. And even just watching him um, talk about different uh, you know the different films that he was in, um, I especially liked him in um, uh, Jackie, Jackie Brown, Brown yeah. and his can yeah. Um, but um yeah i mean you want to kick it off you want to talk about your impressions of this yeah um it was the uh main actor no, i'm sorry his, i don't have his name in front of me uh he's he's the one who directed uh, and wrote it and uh, yeah jim cummings is his yeah. name yeah um so basically 
I, I don't. I guess we since we do spoilers all the time, um, we'll get get into the story. Oh, There's yeah. you know murders taking place, and uh, it's set in some. I don't. I don't know what state it was, but it's all snowy. You know, they they. It's like a ski town, and and there's yep. uh, murders that take place that resemble uh, some kind of a werewolf. You know, people rule out a bear, rule out you know whatever wolves, and and uh, and it seems that there's a werewolf uh, that's um, you know uh, committing these murders. You know, including fur samples and and things like that. Um, But the story focuses a lot on this guy's um, interpersonal, you know, life, his uh, relation, again, with this, like you said, with his father and his daughter and the other members of the police uh, force in the small town. Um, And that seems to sort of take really takes center stage in this you know it, it it's not just in the periphery it's really very focused on his interpersonal life um where at, f- at first i found the character um you know the uh john marshall um jim cummings character i found it i found him obviously he's a flawed character he's got a lot of he's got a lot of issues but um i found him to be abrasive constantly yelling he's on like a warpath and rampaging right with his subordinates and 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 you know just even people who were trying to help him one of the, the characters i guess you know uh closer to the end of the second act she um one of his one of the sheriff deputies says you know and she turns to him and, and in no uncertain terms is just like what's wrong with you you know where people are trying to to help you know we're doing our best it's like you know she she looks at him like incredulously like what the you know there's obviously a problem and, and uh they think he's also an alcohol uh, you know, they want to address alcoholic, it so yeah yeah but now he's he's off the the wagon on this and uh, and off the deep end and other people you know they're starting to see that he's got some he's got some issues um, that aren't aren't being addressed exactly. So uh, I found I found it to to be um, you know it had some in- interesting takes on what was going on. Uh, you know, it's I felt some pangs of loss to be honest when you see Robert Forster's character. He's you know the 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 sheriff of this town. He's the father of Jim you know Jim Cummings' character John Marshall. Um, he. Uh, and he's ill, and you know the, the, he's denying his his own mortality. He's trying to do what he can to stay connected to this whole situation, but eventually he has to uh, succumb to his you know physical ailments. He's in the hospital, and then you know Jim Cummings is dealing with um, being ridiculed and mocked in the town because he hasn't been able to um, find out who the killer is. And then he's dealing with, you know, the struggles of a teenage daughter and being, you know, estranged from his, from his wife, you know, they're, they're divorced or going through a divorce. And, you know, so it's all kinds of, uh, of stuff that's taking place that kind of detracts him or pulls him from, you know, trying to figure out who's doing the, the killings. Exactly. Um, and, and, and then to focus on the killings also, the, um, you, it's like, there's definitely the influence of werewolf, but then you f- there's some other things that suggest that it's not a werewolf, you know? Mm-hmm. And then as, you know, the story progresses, then, you know, with with the mystery, it's 
finally revealed, and, you know, I guess we can uh, give it away. Um, yeah, go yeah, ahead. That, it, that it, it is actually a person, a human, uh, who's dressing up and, you know, uh, trying to, uh, who's acting like a werewolf, and he's been killing you, and he's, he's this huge guy, and, you know, um, wh- where did we beat him first? Was it at the, uh, I think it was at the AA meeting? I think so, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, we finally uh, see him, and, and he's dressed up as a wolf, and he's, you know, killing people left and right. And um, there was something, I mean, I I don't know. I I, I always, uh, when it comes to, you know, supernatural things like werewolves and stuff like that, I'm always not really that much of a fan of when they take away, like they present it like, okay, this is a, possibly a supernatural thing and then it turns out that it's not um but i think that's the only direction the story could have taken you couldn't have had a real werewolf you know but uh, i wish there was a real werewolf in this to be honest with you and i felt a little bit of a of a letdown yeah yeah um but at the same time and i'll tell you why because they're investigating this the 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 medical examiner sees these bite marks they're saying that no human right. being could rip through um, another human being like this uh, to crush a skull. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, you, you need you need to be powerful, and and the bodies of these victims are ripped apart. Right, right. And um, and I just felt like um, you know they're looking for you would be able to tell. Um, you know, if, there, if if there was a human being involved or not. Now, yeah, the guy is super tall. He's got to be at least six foot seven or more. Right. Um, and when he's in the costume, it's when you see when you see the wolf um, before the the end of the film, at the end of the the, the last act of the film. Um, you know, it's revealed that it was just a guy in a costume. Um, uh, I would say midway through the show, you see what one of the victims sees, which is, you know, the wolf, quote unquote wolf. And it looks good. I was like, oh, you know, that, that looks awesome. And I said, all right, cool. You know, I'm, I'm all in on this. And then you <laughs> later on, you reveal, it's revealed that it's nothing supernatural about it. You know, that, that it's, um, that it was a guy in a costume. And I felt, I felt like it was a letdown. I think th- the thing is, if, um, if it was a real werewolf, they would have had to spend more time um, explaining that this isn't regular, you know, the regular reality. You know, you know what I mean. It, it takes time to sit, and, and you have to figure out some kind of mythology because if they would have thrown in that this is a real werewolf, it just. You know, the, you couldn't just do it at the very end and just reveal it like that. You know what I mean? Like, you would have had to have spent more yeah. time saying, you know, uh, showing that this isn't the regular, like, it's not a, um, a a regular movie, that a regular mystery movie, as opposed to a supernatural or, you know, science fiction or something like that. You had to m- release more information, you know? Um yeah, I get it. I mean, the, if you're going to go with the conceit that this is a werewolf, you have to set up, you have to set up the, 
you know, the conceit. Exactly. You can't just, you know, suddenly re- at the end of the film reveal that the supernatural is, is real right, and, and right. this is the, you know, the werewolf. You have to kind of set the tone for the existence of a supernatural being in this world. Which, I mean, I guess they could have done, but I think they were spending more time on this guy's, you know, uh, family relations and things like that. Yeah, and his and his issues. I mean, it, it's really the Wolf of Snow Hollow um, really focuses on the struggles of this one sheriff's deputy, how he's dealing with the, the things that are are causing him to become almost like a, a wild animal. The wo- like he's his transformation is happening at at you know at his own hands, but also due to the um, you know the alcohol, right? And so that's his transformation, you know, and and he's and he's slowly becoming, you know, a wild animal himself to the point where, you know, his daughter sneaks out of the house. She knows that there's killings going on. She knows that her dad is, you know, like kind of off the deep end right now. And she sneaks out to so she can fool around with her boyfriend and the wolf attacks them in the you know her dad um you know jim cummings's character um makes it down there and he starts shooting at the wolf and everything and then he realizes that holy shit you know this is my daughter who's you know who's almost killed and then he goes off the deep end she's like you know aren't you even worried about me aren't you even concerned if i'm you're not going to ask if i'm okay he's like no i don't give a shit if you're okay or not he's like you shouldn't even be out and he starts ripping into her like crazy and and you know as a father i understand like i, I have a son so I don't have a daughter, but at, at, at still, you know, you tell your kids, hey, stay home or you tell them whatever it is and then they defy you. You know, it's, you know, in your head, you're like, this is life threatening right. and it's really not. But in this case, you have this guy who his daughter was, it, it really was life threatening. She left the house when she wasn't supposed to. And now he's just freaking the fuck out because he, you know, had to shoot, quote unquote, uh, you know, at a werewolf for this, you know, this creature. And, uh, you know, he's trying to save his daughter's life. Yeah. And uh, so it becomes a literal thing. I, um, I, you know, it's... F- you know, I, like I said, at first I was... a, I was, uh, felt like he was abusing everybody and his character was pissing me off. And then, you know, I, I kind of gave him a second. I said, hey, you know what? He's actually doing a pretty good job. The acting really was was pretty decent in this film. And it shows, you know, this, this character, uh, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Um, John Marshall's character, um, how he's devolving, you know, how he's just, he, he can't, um, stand dealing with emotions and his, and his are always on 11. And I just, um, I thought it was a, it was a decent film, but, um, the big, the big letdown was, was that the, uh, there was no actual werewolf. Um, and the one person I actually thought was, uh, kind of, you know, uh, I, I actually liked her character a lot was um, the other deputy um, who was really serious yeah. about her job. I knew mm-hmm. at the end, I was like, she's definitely going to become the sheriff. I knew right away. Yeah, 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 so because competent. he couldn't handle she, it, and she was the right yeah, person for the job. Yeah. She was actually really good. I, I liked her uh, character, definitely very uh, uh, understated kind of, you know, but but she did uh, did a really good job. And I knew at the end, I, I, yeah. I thought that was justified, very justified that she would end up becoming the sheriff because she was, she was definitely the most competent yep. one of them all. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. So I would say... 
how many We're going to do some full moon ratings. Uh, oh, you want to do silver bullets? I was going to do full moon. It doesn't matter. We'll go oh, with the silver oh, bullets. How many silver bullets? Anything, man. Whatever. <laughs> go ahead. Rate it. Um, I'm going to give it, uh, <laughs> let's see, out of out of four, right? Um, I'm... No, we we going out of oh, five. Oh, out of five. Okay, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it three. Yep. Yeah, three. Three. All right, we're bullets. on the same page. I, I'm gonna give it three silver bullets too. It, it was a decent film. Um, I I felt like you know Robert Foster, his character. You know, it was. I really felt sad that that was that that was his last role, and uh, I, I wish there was a little bit more of a juicy, yeah, um, a juicy role that he could play. He dies. I think he died during the making of this movie, or maybe he. It just felt like he his role ended abruptly. Yeah, and I felt like maybe he had passed on, and that's why they they played it the way that they did. Um, but his character dies during this film, and and I did feel like, mm. you know. And they they dedicated the, the the film to his memory, which was really nice. Right, right. I, I thought it was um, but, tastefully um, done how he sees he looks to the bed and it's empty. The the main yeah. uh, main character. I was like, all right, that I mean that was mm-hmm. that was done very tastefully. I, I you know. Yeah, yeah, and I felt sad. Yeah. You know, like a, you, yeah. you know, you see, I mean, in. in for me, dealing with you know genre films or whatever else, Robert Foster. I mean, I've I've watched Robert Foster on film since I was a kid. You know, just seeing even just regular TV shows or or whatever whatever he had done movie wise. You know, and then to know that that you know he had passed on and then this was his last role. I, I don't know. Just like you said, when you see the empty bed in the hospital room, um, it's just um, there's a pangs of loss that you have yeah. knowing that he's gone. But uh, yeah. it was. It was anyway, it was a decent. It was a decent movie. It would have been better had there been an actual werewolf in it. That's my only right, my right. only gripe with this movie is like if you're setting it up and in your medical examiners find that you know that the the bite marks match that of a of a of a creature, then they're unsure. Um, but it, it, it's showing up as as a you know maybe it's a wolf or whatever the case may be. How do you explain that it's just a regular guy in a suit? You know, there's and and the violence to these bodies that were done, um, you know, yeah. missing limbs and torn in half and all this other crap. It's like, like you know, that I don't right. know. It, the, it seemed like a cop. As a matter of fact, the uh, I w- kind of was remembering um, when the daughter was, you know, she was uh, uh, out with her boyfriend or whatever, and the wolf appears. The father shows up and, you know, shoots at the wolf or the werewolf or werewolf t- takes off. And then he finds that one of his deputies uh, is dead. But he was killed in a way that couldn't have been done by a human. Like, it wasn't his head removed or something. Like, it, his or his body was just completely mangled. And I'm like, there's no human that could do that. I don't care how big and strong they are, you know. It would it would require some kind right. of super. There's no amount of crazy that's going to make a human being. It's gonna, yeah. There there are people that are a little bit, you know, stronger. But just because he's tall doesn't mean he's, you know, inhumanly strong. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's gonna, you know, 
I don't get like I don't care how strong a human, you know what I mean? I mean this requires the strength of <laughs> of like a, an animal, you know, like some some kind of yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah because the way and that's what I was saying. I'm like I was hoping messed up, you know. Yeah. So that's why I was, you know, I don't know. I just, um, I felt I wanted a little bit more, and I felt like, you know, yeah, yeah. I felt like they they left me a little bit flat at the end. Right. So. Right. Um, the next one is another werewolf movie. This one is a little bit more in keeping with a traditional werewolf story. This one is called Were. Yeah. And this is um, you didn't like this one at all. I I thought, ah, dude, this movie was. Just bad. <laughs> Yo, where's come on? Where, where's the movie? This was where's not... the entertainment? Oh my god! Oh come oh on! My... It wasn't that bad. All right, so this was a low budget movie. Low obviously, budget. Dude, um, there's some there was some money put into this. I think. I mean, what? I, I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I should keep keep that stuff in front of me. But it seemed like there was some money. Um. I mean, there was some decent um, special effects in this film. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I think uh, just in case people aren't um, sure about this movie, I mean, this description is terrible, but I don't know who wrote this, but a defense attorney begins to suspect that there might be more to her client who is charged with the murders of a vacationing family than meets the eye. That's the That's description. The dis- so, this is, yeah, it's a terrible description. In France, the Porter family is slaughtered while camping in the woods, and only Claire Porter survives seriously wounded. She reports that her husband Henry and her son Peter have been eaten alive by a man, the um, Talon Gwinnick that lives in the woods with his mother, is arrested by the police accused of being the killer. The defense attorney, Kate Moore, is assigned to defend Talon Talon, and comes to the police station with her investigator, Eric Sarin, and the animal expert, Gavin Fleming, to interview him. So, the inspector, Klaus Pistor, is sure that Talon is the murderer, but has to let Kate and her team do their work. And then slowly... They, they find out that, you know, this this Talon, who's a massive guy, I mean, he's huge. Um, even just the, his hands, I mean, he's yeah. he's fully, completely covered in hair. I mean, he he fits the part. And, you, you know, one of the, the things that they mention is, you know, if this was the Middle Ages and this guy, you saw him, um, you know, you if you just saw him standing there, you would think this guy's this guy's a, a creature. This guy's a werewolf. He must have done it, right? Just by his looks, because he's yeah. just he, um, he's just this massive hulk of a guy, and uh, and so you're like, yeah, you know, I can understand. You know, the superstitions of the past. You don't want to, you know, we don't want to make the same mistake. And so she is the attorney for um, for his case, and she's trying to uncover. And so they're like, well, I think he suits the bill of a of a person who, um, who has this medical condition, and then they go to test him for it to see if he has it. Because if he does, then physically he'd be incapable of these murders because the the problems that he faces through this medical uh, issue, um, you know, makes him weak. He's unable to, um, you know, to do the to commit the crimes that they say he committed again. 
Um, they found um, a piece of this man's skull had been bitten into, and they said it could take over fourteen hundred pounds of squ- you know per square inch to to you know burst through a, a, the skull of a human being. There would be no way you know physically that any man would would be able to commit these types of atrocities. They ate. Uh, they ate the victims as well, and you know you see the the the, the little boy when they take him out uh, to uh, to do the autopsy on him. He's the, the boy's the, the body is almost completely devoured. That um, all his limbs are yeah, gone. That was one of the things also it was so gratuitous. Like in comparison to uh, the other movie that we were talking about, um, what was the name? The the the, the other wolf. The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Snow Hollow is that when there was also a child that was killed in that movie. But what do they show? They just showed the uh, a small, a child's, um, what do you call it, casket. You know, it was tastefully done. Yeah. This movie, of course, they have to go over the top and show a half-eaten little boy. You know, I don't want to see that. Right. You know, it was just so gratuitous. And, uh, you know, that was just just a sample of, of why I was not a big fan of this right. movie. Well, there, there's two very different movies at play here. One is it's really a horror action movie, and that's where is a horror action movie. The other one is really um, like a crime thriller. You know, it's, it, I mean, it's, uh, I'm sure it's, it's a horror movie as well, but it's, um, I, I think, I don't think it's, um, yeah, it didn't, that's true. It didn't really, I mean, didn't I, I don't think it's look, it's shooting for the same vibe. Right. You know what I mean? The, the other one was more about the, about the, 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 the cop and his struggles with addiction mm. and, and his past and, and really, you know, focusing on trying, you know, how he's going to, you know, solve this crime. Yeah. But I, I and mean, I'm the just, other one I'm, is really, I'm just saying it was just unnecessary like this the movie could have done well or you know uh, <laughs> uh if it were i don't know movie. i i thought i thought it was good I, and i like the fact that they were that that they had a lot of a pra- a lot of practical effects yeah. in the movie itself um you know especially as the movie progresses um you know, in the and the third act as it plays out, there's a lot of uh, chasing going on, and they're trying to get, um, they're trying to get to this this uh, you know this criminal. And Talon is is you know they realize you know from, they go from well he could not have done this. He seems you know very calm and and you know he he I, you know I think they they got the wrong guy. The DNA evidence is inconclusive, and you know. They they find um, that the this guy Talon's uh, father was was uh, died in a car accident the, the you know spring beforehand, and it looks like the town was trying to get a hold of the farmland from this family, and so the lawyer's like, hey, I think we got something going on here that you know that begs some investigation, and it looks like the cop is crooked and he's trying to you know to you know they're just trying to pin it on him. And then shit hits the fan, 
and and, you know they're like oh my god all bets are off because then you know talon decimates the the police force he just freaking like tearing people's heads off and throwing them up against walls and he jumps out of an eight story the eight story uh window and 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 just lands on the ground and then takes off running i know um i thought they did a good job with the budget that they had and and i i I like this the special effects in this effects were excellent all right the on a technical level it was it was great but for me i couldn't help think all right this seems like a superhero movie i feel like i'm watching the incredible hulk or something like that you know it's done during yeah in the uh uh, in the morning during the you know in the day and you know first of all you know it we always uh you know what werewolves come out at night it's the full moon you know and that's what they said oh during the full moon you know this happens but this guy in the middle of the day he's eating you know highly armored swat cops or whatever you know he's ripping through their armor he's eating their faces you know he jumps out a building yeah you know, i'm like I, I i couldn't help but think all right this is like a superhero movie but the hero's you know a, a a, a maniac you know <laughs> and, and right well they they give him like this diagnosis and and then they try to test for it in this facility and when they test for it they put the strobe light on him and the strobe light activates his condition so it would have been just a full moon that would have caused the trouble but the strobing caused him to uh to wolf out so to speak yeah it just so that's why it was during the day but um i understand where you're coming from like you know there was no this was there was less of a kind of a a lycanthrope and and more of they tried to scientifically explain the condition in modern terms whereas if you were you know 200 years ago um you know you would you would immediately say oh this guy is a werewolf he's covered in hair he's you know um he's he's got some other conditions he's massively strong all these things and they would have you know they they're con um their conceit is you know we're we're using science to explain this but you know 200 years ago this person would have been quote a werewolf yeah um i think it became a little bit heavy-handed you know the 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 fighting just a little um the action amps up and then the you know the the cops are there you know the swat teams are there they're they're hunting him in the cave system and you know everyone's being being killed uh, early on in the film, the the animal expert that the lawyer brought in, he's bitten in the interrogation room, and it was just like a, a scratch or whatever the case may be. But he, um, the killer, transferred uh, to him this condition, and now he, uh, you know, is is turning, and and he actually is uh, is able to save the lawyer because Talon is a wild beast at this point, and he can't be reasoned with, and so. You know her friend, who you know is is now being overcome by this condition. He um, kind of saves the day. He's able to uh, to to help destroy uh, Talon and uh, and you know kind of rescue her from uh, from his clutches. Yeah. So this is not it's not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I enjoyed the fact that they. That there's um that there's an actual quote unquote wolf type creature here, um, there was there was some really crazy violent scenes, um, 
there's a lot of gore in this movie and and much of it is pr- is practical there's you know some cgi peppered in um for you know probably for budget budgetary reasons but for much of this there's a lot of practical effects that i really enjoyed i like the main character well not the main character but this antagonist of talon gwinnick i like his look because the guy, he appears to be super large. I mean, he's head and shoulders above every single person in this movie. And they really got a guy to, you know, to play the, the role of of this character. Um, he's a musician. He's intimidating. Yeah. So, yeah. He's, um, but, uh, some group yeah. that so I, I liked I'd it. heard of. I, 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 I liked where... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, it was some... Um, Band that I'd heard of, I never got to listen to them. They're called uh, Eagles of the Eagles of Heavy Metal, I think, or the Eagles of Eagles of Death, Death Metal. Metal. That's it. Yeah, that he's in that band. Yeah. I think he's like a guitarist or something. Oh, he is. I think so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I never um I never listened to those guys. They're not a death metal band, so I'm not really interested. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the name it's just uh you know kind of a pretentious yeah but i think weren't they playing live at the time in france when um when there was um oh some type of terrorist yes. thing that w- that happened that's that took right. place there was a shooting the eagles of that. death metal yeah, yeah they were that's what their claim to fame was uh. that, at the time in france by the way this is a french and english production um m- much of this is uh, you know is set in france lyon france and the main character is english but she actually um well she's american but she actually speaks french so she's an expat in france and and she's representing you know, uh, you know these people who, in this case, you know Talon, Talon Gwinnick, who is, um, you know, she believes at least initially that you know that he's not who who they think he is, but then it turns out that she's completely wrong, and uh, surprised, you know, madness ensues. I'm surprised they didn't uh, reference uh, was it the Beast of uh, Godavant God, God or whatever how to pronounce it, you know. That famous uh, wolf that mm-hmm. was killing people in the countryside in France, but they didn't. Yeah, know, well, that's what I liked. Um, yeah. They didn't reference it, but the fact that they had it in the in the this is just something that I happen to know. But I like the um, the character of uh, you know the police officer. You know, says uh, uses uh, the French uh, loup garou. Ah, uh, yeah, and yeah. you know that's a werewolf. Yeah. And, you know, so it, it's little things like that. Like I thought they were going to mention, you know, the Malleus Maleficarum and they would mention right. uh, some other things like, um, you know, the, um, what's his name? Montague Summers, mm. uh, you know, who was, uh, you know, a, a figure from the Middle Ages involved yeah. in hunting werewolves in France and stuff like that. But um, they didn't have to, to, to keep it, uh, you know, to keep that connection, which I liked. I thought it was good. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a great movie by any stretch, but I, I liked it. I think I liked it a little bit more than I liked um, um the Wolf of Snow Hollow, wow. only because if I see a werewolf movie, I, I want to see a wolf, yeah. or I want to see a person who's, you know, who's, you know, you can explain away that he has this condition, but, you know, I get it, you know, it's it's a modern day take on it, but um, I'm going to say that this is probably, uh, for me, it was a three and a half, I really enjoyed the action, the practical effects, it wow. wasn't perfect, and there was uh, a lot of time with the acting kind of, um, you know, kind of was a bit 
um, over the top. You know, yeah. there was some scenery chewing that was going on, but you know, for what it was worth, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I have to give it one. Three and a half silver bullets, my I'm friend. I'm giving it one silver bullet. I was going to give it half a silver bullet, <laughs> but I'm like, you know what? The special effects. Half of a silver bullet? I was going to give it half a bullet, yeah. just a cartridge. <laughs> All right. But I'm going hey to give it one because of the, the effects. The special effects, I think, were really good, you know? Um, you know, yeah. the practical and the and the CGI. I mean, it was it was used in, in a smart way where it wasn't overwhelming. Um, you know, because as often yep. CGI will will be like, all right, come on. Um, but uh, I think they used it in a smart way. So on a technical level, yes, it gets one silver bullet. But everything else, with plot, acting, directing, everything else, was just just awful, man. I did not like this movie at <laughs> all, man. It's like, well, like I was there just you have there, it. Like, I mean, I think, I think you and I, when we go into a movie, I think we have different expectations about what we're watching. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I tend to be, I tend to put things, I have to put things aside, mm. like bad writing, or you know, you know, maybe you know some plot points or whatever that aren't as strong. Um, but I'm I'm looking for what what are they delivering on? You know what's the what's the the premise for this and and what am I getting? And you're you're going into where um, with the premise of you know just the violence of the and tragic tragic figure of the werewolf. You know it's like Lawrence Talbot was a tragic figure. He was. Right. You know, a character that was for uh, that I think was about depression. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's just um, brought low um, through this melancholy, um, and he's a he's a, a a good guy, and you know you kind of put you into this position with Talon Gwinnick, where he, you know. Um, is this guy who lives on a farm? He's isolated. He's going through all kinds of uh, of of trouble as a kid, and you know, you, you know, they talk about his history and the mom who's actually in on it. She knows that her son is this creature, and she lies to try and get him out of prison when she knows that he actually committed these crimes. And they you know get have to confront the mom too. And it's like so. I like a lot of these things that that take place because That's- you realize like that's all good you know, and well that's all good and well but it's the execution it's just it was so over the top it was just and it just so happens that her ex-boyfriend happens to study animals you know like it's just come on man spend a little more time do a rewrite or two and and again that over the top he's jumping off of buildings he's you know, killing cops left and right. They're shooting machine guns at him, and this, you know, they can't get a single shot. I'm like, what are they hired? Yeah, the- they can't kill him. Huh? No, no, they were shooting the hell out of him, man. Machine gun fire, they were peppering the hell out of him. He was getting shot up like crazy. Yeah, yeah, but... They, um... Yeah, they even I, after they shot and they thought that he, that they had killed him, then right. they, you know they're still he still recovers and and he manages to escape. Yeah. So 
you know, he's a he's a werewolf. Maybe they could have had um, silver bullets, but I like the fact that he was just, um, you know, he was himself this wild animal. Yeah. You know, I, I, I liked it. The, I think it was decent, Omar. I don't know. I, 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 as a werewolf film, it's not it's not perfect. It's not it's not going to be how, howling, you know, the howling for me or American Werewolf in London. But. I, I think for what they were trying to deliver, I think it was gory and I think it was um, necessary. I don't think it was gratuitous. I think man. the gore was right. You wanted to feel something. You, you, and I think... Uh, let me tell you, you man, know. gore can be so much more effective when you leave it to the imagination of the audience. You know, when you show too much, again... I agree. It's it, it let the, you know, like Tarantino when, when you know, in... in uh, What's it called? Uh, Reservoir Dogs. When he's cutting off the guy's ear, it does camera doesn't focus on it. Goes pans off. You know, don't let let the right, audience right. imagine it. You know, don't you don't have to. Yeah, but I it, think that know? if I think if Quentin was doing a werewolf movie and the werewolf was biting a guy's ear off, he would show it. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think he would show the werewolf biting biting you know Officer Nash's ear uh, off. <laughs> but I get it. And sometimes restraint is you know less is more. And yeah. I and we talked about this I guess the last time. Sometimes when you show the monster, it becomes you know you you emasculate the threat. Yeah. So there is some of that, or you know your your imagination is far more terrifying than what you're actually seeing on screen. But then again, if that was the case, you wouldn't. In John Carpenter's The Thing, you would never see the thing. I, you know what? You know, I really I was, become. I, it's so funny you said that because as you were th- saying that, I was thinking of the thing. But the the thing with the thing is that it's something that. We'd never seen before. Like this wasn't like everyone knows what a werewolf is. We would experience that for for you know right. for a thousand years, you know. But this is something that's mm-hmm. so different. That's you know, I, when that thing came out, it was no one had seen anything like that, and so he had to show what this thing was. You know how it changes, what it does, right. and so I think it was very necessary he had to show all that gore you know uh to to mm-hmm. to to explain just how how sick and and you know crazy this alien was you know and and it was you right. know i think that was necessary but with with this all right i mean that's fair yeah. i i i can understand i can understand where you're coming from i just um there are there are moments where I appreciate the camera looking away, and there are moments where I appreciate the hell out of the fact that it's staring at you and all its you know and all its gory goodness. <laughs> there are there are moments where I just appreciate it. So. Uh, I'm gonna be. Cisco. I like this movie. I thought they did a good job. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. That's okay. That's what we're here for. I mean, you know, we're not clones. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, all right. So there you have it, folks. We got uh, we're split on this one. I mean, mm. you get you got a a half of a silver bullet, and I gave three. <laughs> no, and a half no, no. I, so I changed. It. I said I was going to give it one. So I was going to give it. Oh, one. one. Right, right, right. Okay, all right. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. One silver bullet <laughs> for, for again. All right. It, well, there you yeah, go. Yeah. All right, folks. All right, folks. Yeah, we really chewed the hell out of this one. We had two werewolf movies, and uh, I think uh, I don't necessarily know that they would make a good double feature, but it made a good uh, uh, review because we just happened to have, you know, both of these films—one with a wolf and one without. That's right. So, 
Yeah. Rock. Dig into Dig it. In. Check it out. Tell us what you think. If you're a Friday the 13th fan, pick up that collection from Scream Factory, um, you know, Shout Factory. You you will not be disappointed. I think right now it's on sale. You can just get the box set for like 110 bucks or something. And it's 12 movies and then two two or three discs of collect, you know, extra stuff, bonus material. Awesome. So, all right, guys. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning Peace in. Peace out. <laughs>